Phoenix Down Radio is on the air. Welcome everybody to Phoenix Down Radio, episode number 125. I am your host, Klaus Nightbringer, and for some reason, the stream is very dim and dark. Maybe it's just because we're in a very dark, dim area, huh? Possibly. <laughs> Good uh, news, though, halfway through the game, it'll lighten up. Mm, will it, though? We're in, a, we're in a, a, a deep, dark church, okay? I mean, so maybe, maybe, maybe we should have gone somewhere else. <laughs> Things that we have learned. Yes. This. Do not do podcasts in a church. Okay. Well, we can Play always. That. You want to run outside while we do the uh, the show news? Anyway, I'm your host, Klaus Nightbringer. Joining me this yeah. week, we have Talus <laughs> Marvelous, <laughs> who is currently seeking sunlight. I'll be back. Uh, All right. You're gonna um, you're gonna run with me in in in, in inverse thir- first person mode. Um, Sarah is taking another week off. Um, we were he was we were close to. Uh, he's still dealing with a lot of shit. There's so much going on in this world. It's like what the hell? Where are you? Oh, there you are. I think I see you running over there. Stop! We can, we can do this the easy way. Or if there's an e- if we know how to do something the easy way, it's not this. Yeah. There we go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Sarah's gonna take uh, this week off. He's just got a lot on his on his mind um, and a lot health stuff. But yeah. uh, we talked to him earlier. He's doing good ish, yeah. and uh, he is looking forward to being back though. Yeah, he sends his love and he misses everybody. Where are you going? We could stand under these lights. Under lights? There are two lights. Not four? No, there are not four lights. I'm there sorry, John Luke. Four lights. No. Sorry, John Luke. Also, how <laughs> close together do we should we be like um, this? Come over. Done. Sure. Is if is this look <laughs> alright, guys? Well now we Yeah, here you go. Get, 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 Cal- over here. Get, get her. Get, get. She's get. being a butt. I'm getting her to move. There we go. Yeah, trying She's to organize stuff is kind of a thing. This is what happens when we do shit live, guys. But yeah. You, by the you. way, we're a live podcast. If you can't tell, uh, if you haven't joined us at Twitch.tv/slash Phoenix Down Radio on every other Saturday night, you should, uh, because we have a pre-show where it's this but worse. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> and well, hopefully it's fun. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. So what have you been up to the past uh, couple of uh, weeks then, Talos? So, as a lot of you know, I was um, working, buying and selling cars over the last month or so, and I've reached a spot where I have enough connections that that as a 40-hour-a-week-with-payroll job just doesn't really suit me because I don't do good at normal jobs. Uh, So instead, I'm actually now a point of contact for a couple of different companies that are looking at importing trucks from New Zealand and Australia and bringing them over here to Western Washington or possibly Los Angeles and uh, having them rebuilt and respect as U.S. vehicles. So I'm still in cars. I'm just doing cars the hardest possible way. So three episodes, three different jobs. Yes. 
all in cars. <laughs> but, but very drastically different. different and the hundreds and now thousands of miles apart. <sighs> as long as you're doing well, I guess, and enjoying the work, I, I can't fault you. I love it. And my bills are paid. And I bought groceries today, so I'm okay. Well, that is good. Glad to hear it. Um, as far as me, I had an eye exam today, because I'm getting old. No. But I bought new glasses. Okay. I ordered a pair of gunners. Ooh, the blue light ones? Yes. Yes. They are the blue light ones that actually transition into sunglasses in the sun. Oh, those are cool. But I paid a little extra to get the transitional lenses. I, I like having it. them. They're really nice. I've got them in this particular pair. But um, I needed something different. These are I've had for too long. I've had them for so long, I don't remember actually when I got them. But... Yeah, it's time to replace them. I, I did learn that uh, my prescription hasn't changed all that much in at least five years. Five, six, seven years, whatever it's been that, that I've had these. So, I mean, that's good. But, that is good. But he sh he showed me the uh, um that pretty soon I'm gonna need bifocals because <laughs> he did the whole thing with uh which looks better this or this and I go well, that one oh that's because I I just showed you bifocals I'm like you motherfucker oh no <laughs> oh, no I mean dude I had I had glasses for 15 years and then got laser eye surgery and now like 20 years in from surgery I'm going hmm. See, Things are fuzzy sometimes. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't know if I can have LASIK with uh, the, the, the eye condition that I have. It's not technically a lazy eye, but it's a weaker eye. So uh, I don't... Weaker eye, they can do lazy eye is the problem. Yeah, see, I'm not sure. I'd have to, I should have asked about that. I didn't even think about it because, well, LASIK is still $1,000 or more. Mine was like three, and that was 20 years ago. Yeah, but uh, glasses were 280 bucks. Nope. Glasses for now. Figure out the rest later. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I theoretically I could also get 150 bucks back from insurance, so making them even cheaper. I rocked the Zenny Optical at one point, where it was like, get your prescription written down, send it onto the internet, buy whatever frames you want, get the lenses. You can put blue light blocking in there if you want to, and just custom build your glasses. Yep. But it ended up being the same cost as just going to an optometrist by that point. Yeah, but you still get the lenses you want. You're not locked into whatever they have in that store it's true that's the biggest thing for me is i always felt bad about you know going to get an eye exam at a place and you kind of feel awkward if you don't get the glasses there yeah i cheated on my last pair i actually had my girlfriend at the time and my best friend uh go with me and then while i was getting mine done i had them pick out the glasses for me and narrow it down to like three pairs and then i came out and i only picked from those three but did any, they did were the ones like that saw me most often, and I was just like, "You guys see them more than I do. You pick them out." But did you like any of them? I did actually. They were cool. Uh, they were like oval, and they I, they did the sunglasses transition thing, and I had them for about two years before I got surgery, so it was mm, pretty good. Gotcha, gotcha. Beyond that, cheat by using your friends. Beyond that, <laughs> I'm getting new tires tomorrow. Ooh, yes. But you know, you got to have those tires. Which is much with a, as much as I drive, yeah, I need new tires. And then 50 miles one way. It's on uh going on vacation 
for five days on Friday. Which is why I want it to be Friday right now. So I can be on vacation. Fair hey enough. guys, I'm going on vacation. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm I haven't had a day off since we uh since we started back up at the casino and I kinda need one. Dude, that's rough. Well, I go from having every day off, kind of, well, but not really sort because of. I was on call for pizza for most of that. To then, you know, wor working every day and, uh, yeah, I, it, it's like even during that, that downtime, I really wasn't doing nothing. So it'll be nice to actually have some time truly to myself. Where you just don't have to do anything for a little bit. Nope, I've got, I'm bringing my camera up, I'm bringing uh, my laptop up, I am bringing, you know, swim trunks, because it's on a lake. And I'm just gonna do as little as possible. That sounds awesome. I'm looking like, forward to it. Honestly and truly, no sarcasm. That sounds awesome. The only thing that I'm a little bit ups, uh, concerned about is, you know, the fact that there might be like no internet, no data, no cell, no nothing. And I don't know how I would actually uh, truly feel about that. That bad. It's only a couple <laughs> days. <laughs> but when you're a guy who works in technology. Yeah. As opposed to a guy that forgot that he had a laptop. The, the guy who like has eight items and can, and can move by just opening up the back seat of his car and just throw the, the few things that he has in there and be like, oh, I'm done. It's true. Like, I have more stuff, but it's like I have a pair of chopsticks that's collapsible because I bring them with me. I have, I have 12 books. 12 books now. Um, <gasps> wow. That doesn't include the three manga that I own. Because <laughs> those... uh, like, I just I just don't have stuff. I just started with zero and just never bothered to get much more. But yeah, if you've got no technology and no connection, you know, send a text to a couple people and be like, yo, can somebody like tweet at me and let everybody know that I'm alive? <laughs> <laughs> No, I had to do that in China. I had to use something that wasn't blocked to message literally anybody that was online and be like, hey, can you post on my Facebook that I have communicated with you and that I am safe and that I am just in China and don't have access to anything? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. But like that was a different situation. That was straight up blocked versus just non-existent. So, yeah. I might, I, I'm, I'm, I, it won't be as restrictive as China. It's just going to be in the middle of nowhere. With beer and swimming. I think it'll be all right. Now. I, th I think I'll be fine. And nature photography. Hopefully I'll come back with lots of cool pictures. That would be awesome. With my new camera. Where do we see those pictures? Uh, we'll find out if I decide okay. to share any of them. So anyway, let's go ahead and jump into what little... Final Fantasy news there is. Um, if you guys missed it, uh, there was a forum post from Yoshida, uh, a letter from the producer, you know, the second one we've gotten here recently, um, where he talks about 
where everybody is at with uh, production of 5.3, and he gives us a, uh, a release date. Patch 5.3 is dropping on August 11th. Thank God. I wouldn't have picked that day, did, would you? That's a weird day, but like... It's something happened. I mean, it's two months mm. from the original release date. And I guess I mean, some people kind of were losing their shit. I didn't see any of it on my timeline, but I saw some people commenting on it, saying that, hey, you know what, you, if you guys are uh, so upset about this, you know, what, what's your problem, you know? Like, what, would you rather us do it on the 18th? Like, why, why is this an issue? Like, yes, it took months, but... I think they're, 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 they're angry that, that it's two months late. And that they're not going to be able to recover from it. So so what? But it's going to push back 6.0 two months now too. Cool. The staff is safe and alive. Is that a thing you guys care about? Right? No, I, I, I 100% agree with you. <laughs> like seriously, calm down. Like at some level, it, it's still a video game. Guys, like you need to chill a little bit. I mean... It it got so bad. I mean, I, I even I went and I I posted on 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 Twitter, you know, saying that if you're angry and upset at the things that are happening in this world, I understand. We're all going through it. If you're angry and upset that patch five point three is two months late, you need to stop being so goddamn selfish and get over yourself. Yep. And about a hundred and some other people agreed with me. I mean, it was liked and retweeted quite a bit. I mean, we're all like, let's be real. You know how I used to have an archer that was level six, right? Where are you at now? 31. Wow. And or, I'm or, a bard. Or I mean, I've unlocked <laughs> black mage. I haven't unlocked bard, black mage, um, scholar. I haven't unlocked any of that until literally last week. Yes, we're all bored. I get it. Looking at the numbers, Dude, looks it's like fine. 185 likes, 77 retweets. So yeah. not not bad for, for something like that. Yeah. But anyway, August 11th. I mean, that's... Dude, we have a date. And it's a date that has been you know, pushed enough that at this point, they're not... You know, the chances of that getting delayed again is a lot lower. Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to see 5-3. 5.3 contains the shortening of Realm Reborn. Yeah, that's not a, an easy thing to do. 5.3 is going to contain a whole bunch of stuff for us to do. Doesn't, don't we also get one of the 24-man raids in this one as we well? We do. We get the, 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 the next raid for the Yorha Dark, Dark Apocalypse uh, series. So we're getting a 24-man. We're getting... We get new large-scale oh. encounters for the Resistance weapons. So we, we get, we get new a, relic weapon content. We get a whole overhaul of the base game again. Like, dude, it's okay for this to take a couple extra months. The fact that we're getting so much. Sure. If they delayed 5.23 for three months, I'd be like, guys, like, why? Like, you're not putting enough into the game for it to super matter. You're doing some balance issues and that's about it. But when it's something this big, no, nah, dude, take two months or three and mm -hmm. make sure that it works. The, yeah, the matter was complicated by the fact that uh, due to the size of their QA teams and the nature of the testing required for them, um, 
it, it just made it uh, take longer. They needed to Absolutely. make sure that everything was done just right. And it, a lot of it had to wait until they could get back into the office. That's true. Japan had like, what, 100,000 cases, if that, and because everybody wore masks 90% of the time anyway. Like, it wasn't too bad, but... Anyway, I'm yeah, glad well, that the it, dev team is safe, and I'm glad that we're back to some yes. kind of schedule. I'm glad that some countries are doing things the right way and caring about their people to make sure that Cough. the, that the uh, um, this doesn't get any worse than it does. Also, if anybody lives in British Columbia and is interested in marrying somebody that's a good driver and likes to cook, uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Marvelous, <laughs> and I can probably be there in, like, three hours. Maybe four well, if I actually packed a couple of other things that well, I want to bring Wait till after the podcast, okay? Come on. Okay, so I'll be there by midnight. Boom, done. <sighs> <laughs> I'm going to pack and talk, is that right? All right, anyway... The, uh, the other bit, another bit of news we got was the uh, an announcement for the next producer live letter. So an actual Twitch stream, YouTube stream, uh, July twenty second at four a.m. I have that day off. Are but, you gonna set an alarm and wake up? Fuck no! I'm gonna be sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? I am not. I mean, normally I would be up at six a.m. that day, but you know what? It's my last day before going back to work because I go back on the 23rd. But you're damn no, skippy. You definitely sleep then. That's I fair. will be going through all of the news that that's gone through and we'll, we will definitely um, go uh, put something together because I believe the next podcast is going to be that Saturday. Fair enough. If, if my, my, if memory serves correct. <laughs> all right. Um, Anyway, we're going to get patch 5.3 part 2 preview. Um, and if you, you can check back uh, later on, let me actually give you guys the link so you can check back later on. Come on, let me copy you. There we go. This gives all the, the details we have so far. Uh, but you can check back. But I'm pretty sure that if you go to twitch.tv slash Final Fantasy XIV, that's going to be one of the places that where it's going to be broadcast. Their YouTube channel. Nico, Nico generally is they they uh, stream too. So, yeah, we're gonna find out exactly what we're gonna be all getting in the, in uh, what they've been working on for five point three, uh, and uh, I'm excited. I'm stoked. Actual news. Really, actual news. Actual content. Limsa looks very empty. Even on like a Tuesday morning, it's still pretty empty. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I'm still getting cues almost every day, though. I am too, but they're always like 11 people, 20 people, whatever, as opposed to being like 300 people and it takes five minutes to log in. Yeah. Instead, it's 20 people and it takes 10 seconds to log in. True. But I mean, it's still, it, it's still a thing that we have to deal with. Eh, we'll solve that issue someday. Today is not that day. Last bit of 14 news was the Mog Station actually has gotten a facelift. For those of you who uh, need your Fantasia fix, uh, it's a little easier to uh, search through and find things on the Mog Station. It's a lot easier. You mentioned it, and I was like, I should probably check out the Mog Station, and I did. I'm like, oh my god, I can actually find It actually looks really nice. I wish the rest of the Square Enix... um, 
page looked that good because I clicked on like optional items and then it switched to the new web design. Mm-hmm. But like half of it's still the old web design. So like I had to get through a little bit of the jank and then I got the super pretty one. Yeah, when I say Mog Station, I mean the optional items, the cash shop. Yep, yep. Because Mog Station technically also does include everywhere you do all of your, um, if you want to like pay for additional time, if you want to get retainers, if you want to add things to your account, stuff like that. And that all still looks like jank. Your, your, but... your account maintenance page. Is, is also included in the mug station, but the, the cash shop, the items shop is much easier to go through now. However, the back end is the same, so it's still kind of a shit show. You can make a cart of bit. items for yourself, but there are still issues occasionally when trying to buy items for other people. Which, again, if we could buy gift certificates or Krista for other people, it would solve the issue. God, that would be so nice. Hey, Klaus, you want that thing on Amazon, right? Here, let me buy you an Amazon gift certificate. Oh, wow. That that's way you can so buy easy it to do. and pick the color and the size and the delivery option. And if you want to get a bigger size, because I'm paying for half of it now, you can do that. And that's okay. Or you decide you don't want that, but you want something else that's very similar. You can get that instead. Or the Square Enix method. We're sorry, you need to buy every single item individually until we steal your house. I wish that wasn't an accurate thing that happened in the past, but it definitely correct. was. You are technically correct. The best kind of correct. But not necessarily the best result. <laughs> no. God, that was such a nightmare. Yeah, or people will get their accounts locked because of a... Um chargeback yeah i think that was uh remix lost mm. her house because of that yeah that was dumb yeah because because her account was locked because of chargeback yeah because she bought too many she bought too many pretty things do- she bought pots of dye so dumb a, a two dollar and fifty cent item it's so dumb i've bought so much anyway Let's I can about- gripe about the former state of the store for a very long time. But instead, let's talk about uh, the other bit of Final Fantasy news that we have. And on July 7th, Final Fantasy IX celebrated its 20-year anniversary. And it's still one of the best games. Vivi is still best boy. Nine is in my like top five. It's top three Easily. for me. My top three, top five changes kind of depending on the day, but like, you know, six and four and five will always be in my top five. One will always be in my top five. Which one is number one? Which one is number five? Eh, it depends on the day, but nine is definitely up there too. Yeah. I mean, well, nine has a special place in my heart because I got it at the same time as I got my PlayStation 2. It was actually the. That- it was okay. the first uh, PlayStation Final Fantasy that I had played. Aside from 7, technically, but that was on PC. You know. 9 I mean, was the one I actually played first, on a PlayStation. My first one was 8. I went like 1, bootleg 2, bootleg 3, 4, 6, 8. 
So like I had a very weird path. You had a weird path. I had one legend adventure <laughs> seven nine. Oh god. Oh god. Yeah, that was how uh, that was how that was my path. I never had a Super Nintendo. I never had a PlayStation. So and I, and I I went from as far as getting an actual um console, I went from a Nintendo to a Game Boy to a PlayStation 2. I kid you I not. I went Genesis after NES and there's a couple things that were really good about it, but like the Genesis really came into its own with the 32X. And like at that point, I had a 64 that I should have gotten. So it was kind of a mess. I mean, I am so glad that I got a PlayStation 2. I mean, since then I've had the 2, 3, and a 4. I've got a Vita. Um, but most of my gaming has actually been, con has been uh, not console, but PC. Yeah, I, I fell very hard into console category, but a lot of that was just... Computers were expensive at and the time. And consoles, consoles are cheaper weren't. and they're more portable. Yep. I mean, you can take your console into anywhere that has a TV, plug it in, and boom, you're good to go. I have an HDMI projector. I don't even have a TV. Or you just take your goddamn projector with you because you are Talos Marvelous and you just are <laughs> just that special. I just have a wall. My text is like old man big, though, because I can't read anything. And it's faded to, to beat all hell, unless you have all it's the lights off. Oh, it's janky. <laughs> but I've thought about doing that too. But it's just I don't have any good white walls to do that on. Anyway, um, some cool stuff that that uh, is coming from that is they created a special anniversary playlist. Uh, it's available on Apple Music, Spotify, and a few other places. Um, they also uh, did a an interview with Kazuhiko Aoki uh, on the. Uh, the, the uh, Final Fantasy website. If you want to read through that. Unfortunately, I did not get a chance to really read much through that. But uh, it's kind of neat to see um, what their thoughts are of the game 20 years later. You know, because we, then we've had a couple of um, remasters, kind of, for the, the PC. On the the Steam version. Yeah, we had the Steam version, and then um, they also released it on PS4, where you could like speed up battle and yep. like start everything in trance, have infinite money. Uh, when you equip something, you automatically gain the skill from it, so you didn't have to grind. Um, and it's fun. Like if you're gonna just play through the story, then like yeah, you don't need to sit there for 15 hours and grind on disc two. You could just go. But yeah, it's fun. And if you haven't played nine, you definitely should. And yep. if you have played nine, you should play it again. And definitely read through these articles because they definitely give you a cool perspective of from the inside what it looked like to make it at the time and yep. what it looks like now. And for those who might not be familiar with who uh, um, through, uh, who Kazuhiko Aoki is, they are the uh, um, event design and scenario developer for uh, Final Fantasy IX. So kind of neat to just to get their their take on it, how the game is progressed in the last 20 years and how people still view it as an amazing story. I just, I would love just the, the idea of the sleepless nights and the long weekends and the stress and the amount of ibuprofen that we had to pop to figure out a problem. And then 20 years later you say, Oh, I worked on this game in an entire room full of people 
is just in awe and is so happy that it was made and is so excited that it exists. Like that's gotta be such a cool feeling. Yeah. It's good stuff. And then the last bit, um, thank you, Talos, for... No, this one, was this... No, this was, was this was actually Sarah in our discussion before the show. We actually sat, and, sat down and talked with Sarah to see how he was doing. Um, he pointed me to a Gamer Escape article where they actually uh, showed off a couple of new statues uh, that were based off of Final Fantasy IX. One of them, I think, has been around for a while. It is a uh, kind of a diorama. Of uh, the fight between Zidane and, and Kuja. Oh yeah, that one's uh, is that one new or has it been around? It's been around for a little bit because they're on their they're on their second printing as of that article, which and then oh, okay. it was released in May. It costs eight hundred and forty dollars, but it plays music. It lights up. It's just totally interactive. I think the characters are even poseable and movable. It's it's play arts Kai. What do you expect? Oh, it's going to be insane. Worth it, but insane. I would just be happy with the little Steiner and Vivi um, statues that they that they released. Uh, my friend uh, on Twitter who has asked not to get uh, shouted out, uh, she actually bought the the statue of all the girls from nine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, OK, where are these going? And she's like, I haven't decided yet, but the only space that I have for figures is in my Marvel shelf. <laughs> so, like, Beatrix and Wonder Woman are just chilling. <laughs> Wonder Woman so is DC, cool. man. Come on. It was so good. Is it DC? Yes. Sorry, I can't tell the difference. <sighs> Some people's kids. Talos doesn't like comics, guys. <laughs> Make sure to at him at Talas Marvelous on Twitter. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't. I don't know who's who. But yeah, unfortunately, th that's about all the news that we've got. Um, I did a, a bit of searching today and couldn't come up with anything more than that. So, no, FF news uh, got really. Th we had a lot two weeks ago, and now it's like, oh well, now we're back to not having a whole lot. Yeah, but like I said, uh, next show we're gonna have a whole live letter to talk about. So look forward to that. Plus, we're Please gonna have to it. Final Fantasy V. But before oh. we get to Final Fantasy V, between three and five comes Final Fantasy IV. How's that for a segue? <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. I know <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> Whatever, an effort was made. A, a terrible effort, and uh, and I'm not apologizing for it. And yes, Pyrocat says, get your Western comics straight. Nope, never going to happen. <laughs> All right, so tonight we are talking about Final Fantasy IV. This is the first um, game of the Super Famicom era. And we are actually going to specifically be discussing the original soundtrack of Final Fantasy IV, which you actually like the one for... Uh, uh, Final Fantasy 3, I was able to purchase out on our, uh, out on Amazon for $7.99 MP3. Not too bad. You can purchase it there if you're interested. It's a good, really good soundtrack, actually. Really enjoyed it. 
And full dis full disclosure that the link posted is an affiliate link, so we would get about a third of a cent, I think. <laughs> Everything helps. Alright, and uh, all the info that we're using about this comes courtesy again of the Final Fantasy fandom site. So thank you very much, finalfantasy.fandom.com. So like I said, this is the first game on the Super Famicom, um, and Uematsu noted that the soundtrack's production was an arduous task, involving much trial and error. The reason stemmed for the, the recent transition phase from the Famicom to the Super Famicom hardware. Very different to work with at that point. I can imagine that. So, when we start up the game, we get... And you can tell that it's not quite as polished as Final Fantasy 3 when you get into the higher bits. No, it actually, you can... I, I use Excite Bike in Super Mario Bros. 3 as like, here's how much technology changed with the same piece of hardware, but now we're in Super Famicom. We're at Excite Bike levels of understanding how the hardware works. Exactly. And, so our music is going to be different and it's it's sounding a little bit more like ff1 no it still sounds really good i mean they, there's additional channels to work with there are additional notes but the nuances still have not been figured out no this is one where it's a it's a technique um versus technology type of a thing yes while the technology improved he is still very much learning how to you know utilize what has been given to him that middle pit part sounded really nice when you hit to get the, the uh, but when you get into the higher part of the arpeggio that's when i really noticed the 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 the, the lack of expertise in the platform and again it's just hey we didn't necessarily know i mean did we they never did plan on this being as big as it is. No, exactly. Like I said, they 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 bet everything on on a game, and now we're the in, we're in the fourth iteration of this game series. They're they're just so happy to be at this point. They're happy that they had to hire more people. Mm -hmm. They're happy that one of the three games that they made made it to North America. This is now the second game that gets released in North America. As Final Fantasy 2. As Final Fantasy 2. And then they skipped 5 because they were concerned about the job system. And then they also released 6 as 3. And then they were like, alright, now that we have a Western audience, we have to fix this. So we mm -hmm. went 1, 2, 3, 7. And then had to fix it all. But this was 2 slash 4, depending well, on technically you they, they went 1, 4, 6, 7. Yep. yep. 1, 4, 6, 7. Mystic Quest is in there somewhere. Which isn't really Maybe. Final Fantasy. No. Anyway. But either is adventure. But anyway, so once, you, once you get past the main menu, the first bit of music that you're given. The Red Wings. Cecil's theme. And the theme of the Red Wings of Baron. 
I love that it fades in. When you get to this scene, the screen is black when the music starts, and it fades in to your five airships in formation flying. Flying? And then zooms into your airship of you being captain of one. Yeah, it's pretty it's a it's a very very strong moment to start the game yeah they wanted to make sure that you didn't suddenly appear in front of a castle for no apparent reason we're past that we have stuff to do now at least you didn't appear in the middle of a fight and get your ass kicked or fall into a cave <laughs> we got man we have some rough cold opens in this franchise yeah th- this is probably their best open yeah, up to this point, absolutely. Yeah, the first three cold opens were tough. Uh, one wasn't bad. It was par for for an uh, for a, an RPG in 1987. Yeah, I mean, Dragon Warrior was about the same. The king said he would protect you as you were an adventurer. One was just like, here you go. One of you has a hat. Figure it out. It was tough. This is definitely a more powerful opening, and you get that not only with the animation and dialogue, but again, the music. The fact that this is empowering yeah. this military. This is really well done music for Super Famicom, you know, for how early it was. I mean, even for the later games on Super Famicom, things like Yoshi's Island and whatnot, like this still holds up against what they were able to produce. Bum, bum. Yeah. Just powerful music. So good. Um, this that music also plays when Cecil fights against the Dark Knight and when your party friends help fight the giant of Babel. But once you once you beat that first little bit in the story in Final Fantasy IV and you return back to the castle, you are treated to this. The Kingdom of Baron. Whenever you enter Baron Castle, this is what you get. And everybody knows who you are, and you're held at high esteem, and... You're captain uh, of the Red Barons. You are basically the king's right-hand man. You're the one that does all the grunt work, and then as soon as you ask the wrong question, doesn't go well for you. Which we learn about later on in the game, but at the at that point, you're like, what the hell's going on? I've served you for so long. Why are you treating me like this? You're like, but I, I, I did what you asked. I just wanted to make sure that what we're doing is, is still good. He's like, well... All right, well, here's your next quest. And you're like, okay, well, I'm still a hero, and yeah. the engineer still knows me, and Rosa still likes me, and yeah. my brother is still pretty cool, and he has a neat helmet, too. But Like, all right, this isn't so bad. But the king's like, get out of my sight and go do this thing, and maybe come back when you're done. Here's so, a ring. Go deliver it. Yep. So, right. so you're concerned with that, so you go talk with somebody. You go talk with your girlfriend. Rosa. One of the coolest white mages ever. Easily one of the coolest white mages ever. She was also one of the, like, establishing this is what white mages are capable of doing 
at maximum capacity. Like she can stand in the back row. She can use bow. She's one of the yeah. few white mages that can. Yep. Um, and it puts light or medium she armor. She was the first bow mage. She was. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. I mean, unless you count whatever the hell the Onion Knights were doing. but Or Maria. But like this was basically... She was a white mage through and through. Was Maria really a caster, though? She was pretty DPS, though, wasn't she, for the most part? Uh, her raw stats, actually, she gets magic a little bit higher than everybody else. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but she, uh, her wisdom is a little bit higher than everybody else, so she's actually a good healer. But it, t- but it took um, time for her to get to that point. It did. I mean, Rosa like, started there. Rosa? So- I mean, your, your royal army. Everybody started out super good. You're like, oh, cool. This is what we're starting with. And then later you're like, oh, maybe not. Okay, hang on. Yeah. (laughs) And as Sarah would point out at this point, this song is taught to Japanese children learning piano. Yep. I think I mentioned that a couple weeks ago where like, this is the song that is the entertainer. Basically, instead of learning the entertainer, they learn theme of love. Or fur release is is another big one that uh, piano students around here will learn. Can you imagine going to piano lessons and having to learn this? That's, I mean, there's obviously a, a simpler arrangement of it, but oh my God. Like I remember <laughs> learning scales and being terrible at it and not understanding it at all. I can't imagine handing a recorder or a three octave piano keyboard to an eight-year-old and being like, okay, you're going to play Uematsu music. No! I'm gonna do what? <laughs> I'm gonna do what? You want to try that one more time? It also explains why they're so damn good. I was gonna say, I'm like, I can play Prelude. Is that cool? That's about as complicated as I want to get. I can play chopsticks. <laughs> I can too. Actually, I, I, I usually I took a few years of piano lessons. So I mean, I've I've I was actually pretty decent at piano, but. Uh, yeah, I, I actually quit because the piano teacher we had at the time was kind of being a bitch to my sister because uh, she wasn't as good as I was and she was pressuring her. And I was like, fuck that. I ain't going to be taking lessons from somebody who's going to be like that. And I just lost interest. Yep. I mean, if so, if, if you're going to try and ex- if you're going to expect somebody to be as good as somebody else just because of some reason Relation. or another, it, that's not right. I mean, I always point people at my sister and be like, she used to be the artist and now she's a research scientist. Yeah, I mean, I, am I going to say that I, I regret stopping playing piano? Probably a little bit. Who knows what I could have done? I mean, fuck, I, I played in front of Northrop Auditorium in front of like 3,000 people. But now you play piano, uh, you don't play piano, but you play guitar. Uh, very rarely. You sing a lot, though. I sing, yeah. Yeah, whatever, that's still an instrument. You just use your voice. Pyrocat for release. I still have trouble listening to it now. As I recall, Pyrocat also used to play a uh, French horn back in like high school. I got my trumpet upstairs still. We we, we should jam out sometime, Pyrocat. I'll play my trumpet and kazoo <laughs> and uh, um, harmonica. You, you can play your uh, French horn and uh... <laughs> alto horn. Alto horn. Okay. okay. So okay. I'm bringing the ukulele and the ocarina, and there we, we go. got this. We got a band, man. We do the barrel horn. <laughs> let, me t- let me text Sarah real quick and make sure he's cool with playing drum kit. <laughs> I don't want to play the drums. Anyway, after the theme of love plays, we 
kind of move on in the game and we get the prologue. This is the opening theme for Final Fantasy IV. So epic, still. <laughs> Rise for the Final Fantasy National Anthem. You're not wrong, Randomware Studios. <laughs> I don't know, do I hold my, my hand over my back. heart or do I salute? I am leaning back in my chair with my eyes closed thinking of 16-bit art of a castle. Like, that's just where my brain is. I think this also played on the main scene, on the, um, the title screen, didn't it? I believe before so, you yeah, hit start title screen for a little bit i'm trying to remember it's you know we were doing throwback thursdays for the longest time and this was what i was last playing but it's been how long since i've done that oh god a good so year long. i think last summer was the last time i did a throwback thursday episode but yeah it's been a minute hearing the prelude in 16-bit you can hear the additional toys Uematsu was given to work with. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's, it's the, the difference of hearing this versus... There were certain songs that, that, I, that I think that he struggled with. I, I think he struggled a little bit with the prelude, but he did a really great job with the prologue. All right, so then we get the, the town theme for Final Fantasy IV. Door opening sound effect in my head. Do you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 As I'm running through, like checking all the stores, seeing if I have gear that isn't as crap as what I have. Right. I mean, I, this sounds very. I don't think they made major changes to the game when they redid it for DS and for Steam. Not really. But they did they did make some minor changes. I know they added more songs. We'll talk about that a little bit. But the songs sound just about as good as I remember on the Steam version. I so, know that they added um, they added a little bit of music, uh, largely because they added those uh, animated cutscenes. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to have music behind that that they wanted to have redone so that it fit. Yeah, there wasn't enough space in, on the Famicom, Super Famicom cartridges for all of that, but when they were given more room to work with the new technology, they took advantage of it. I mean, wouldn't you? I have flash drives that I have lost that held more data than every single NES game ever made put together. Yeah. Like, like it just, the amount of space they had is the reason why we have palette swaps is the reason why we have music looping is the reason why battle themes are built the way they are. We and still we have are. music looping. Right. And 30 years later, we're still using that because the system works. Mm -hmm. I mean, why but now our loop can be four and a half minutes long. It doesn't have to be 22 seconds. Yeah, that's true. So you get a little bit more uh, to work with, but you also want to make sure that you're not, you know, making your games a hundred gigs. I'm looking at you, Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, I was saying, are we are we ripping into Rockstar or Bethesda here? It's well, like, both are pretty big targets. Final Fantasy XIV, though, has about 
60, about that. 70 gigs-ish? Uh, Bannon's PS4 that I played on for the longest time was like a 256 gig, and I literally had to delete Destiny 2 to update 14 once. Mm. Yeah, you're not wrong. I actually just had to install 14 on my on there again, because I I just bought Shadowbringer, or yeah, Shadowbringers for my PS4, so I had everything on both systems, but mm-hmm. I re- forgot that I had uninstalled it, so I could install a couple other games. So I had to download 40 gigs. 43 gigs, actually, to my PS4. One of the one of the other things that's super annoying is like I had to delete, you know, 55 gigs of D2 in order for it to fit. But I didn't need 55 gigs. I needed like 20. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter. I still needed like 40 gigs clear to install a 20 gig update. Yeah. To that end, buy terabyte consoles, y'all. Like, it's super worth it. We'll have to see what the PS5 comes out with. Anyway, moving on. So, after the R theme town, we actually do get another pretty awesome theme song. The overworld theme, or the main theme of Final Fantasy IV. You hear this uh, a lot. A lot. And so, it's punctuated by battle starting. It's a really, really well done overworld theme, though. It's just the opening, like, hour of Final Fantasy IV really sets up what you're in for. Yeah. And you're still like confused. You're you're like, okay, you don't know what's up? That's okay. There's a lot going on. That's okay. There's a ton of people, and you're going to be expected to know all of them. That's okay. Late game, you're like, we went to the moon, and there's three world maps. What the fuck? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah, welcome to FF4. Stuff happens here. Spoilers, come on. Oh, get over it. <laughs> years. I call it about 10 years before I don't give a shit about spoilers I know, anymore. I know. But no, you spend a lot of time here because you're going to, even in those games, you're going to want to spend a decent amount of time grinding to, to raise levels. Yep. So once and you want to do a lot of grinding in World 1. Yep, and when you're, when you're, you know, when you're grinding to try and, you know, get levels, you're going to hear this theme a lot too. I was gonna say this is another one where I'm hearing the sound effect. Magic. <laughs> hey, hang on. You know what would be a really, really good uh, minion for this? There it is. <laughs> There we go. Perfect. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Now, those of you listening on the podcast, he brought out the wind-up cursor minion. I did. The wind-up cursor minion is the little finger pointer. This is why you need to join us live here at Twitch.tv slash Phoenix Town Radio. So the trolling can commence. Exactly. So once you beat the game, beat your enemy...
And for all you... <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> my ocarina is like a solid eight inches out of my reach. Otherwise, I would have pulled it out and joined you. But man, <laughs> we got to plan ahead for that. Obviously, that was the victory fanfare. You, you win a battle. You hear that song. Good stuff. Oh, boy. But as you're progressing through the game... You recognize this song, everybody? Maybe a little bit more recognizable version of the Fat Chocobo theme versus what we had uh, last episode in three. Anybody else picture Stewie walking behind a Chocobo? I mean, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a glandular problem! No. <laughs> but no, I... I love that version of, of, of the, the Fat Chocobo theme. But we also have... The standard Chocobo theme. Because Chocobos are interesting in this game. They don't show up nearly as much as they do in like... 5 or even 3, but well, You like, have to go to special forests to get them. Yep. They, they use the forests to kind of be like, alright, the world map is going to shift depending on if you're in human or if you're on Chocobo. We need a instanced area that you can pull away from the world map in order to start that. And that's how they did it, was giving you forests. Yes. And that's the song that plays when you ride a yellow Chocobo. But when you go into a dungeon... Still gives me chills. I was gonna say, I'm scared. Like, is it okay to be scared? Some of these dungeons, holy shit, they will fuck you up. Oh, four is brutal. Four is one of those. Sometimes you can like, oh, the boss was easy, but the dungeon to get there was hard, or the dungeon wasn't too bad, but the boss was impossible, and now I have to do the dungeon for a third time, and that third time you're doing it is just mentally just destructive on you as a player. Four's dungeons were really, really good and really well designed because we either love them because they're well designed and amazing, or we absolutely hate them and we never want to do them again. Because which the is enemies, a great sign of a good level. Because the enemies in there just destroy you. Oh god, the um what is it? There's one where like you can't have metal weapons. Oh my god, I hated that place. Or you're paralyzed and you forget and you optimize somebody if you're playing GBA or whatever and you go in there and everybody's just fucking paralyzed and you try to think when's the last time you saved as you watch your party just get completely crushed and there's nothing you can do about it. And you just lost two hours of the progress. Yep. Because eh, you equipped a bracer or something. It's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, we gotta get out we gotta get out of the dungeon, man. Well, not yet. We gotta fight the boss first. Alright, cool. I'm gonna cast a spell at it. Oh it bounced. Okay, I'm gonna shoot an arrow at it. Oh, it hit, it hit for two. Oh, I'm gonna hit it with this. Oh, it's resistant to fire. Of oh, freaking course it is. Every boss fight. <laughs> 
was like a puzzle that you had to solve in real time. It was awesome. Especially so if, you're, if you were fighting the, the, the four. Like Rubicante or um Oh yeah. The the, the, the Barbaricia, the, yeah, um the, King Cagdasso, yeah and Scarmalone. There you go. It's kinda nice that they brought back the, the four fiends concept. Yes. Because we haven't really seen four bosses like this since one. No, but we got these, and referencing Nine's 20-year anniversary, Nine also had a big chunk of Disc 3 that was basically played through the plot of FF1. And it was the same kind of idea, Mm -hmm. where you had four bosses, but it was a lot shorter and truncated, and your party was level 75 and just ate everything alive. Yeah. Or at least you hoped you were. Maybe. So you get through that first dungeon, and uh, you enter this village. And this ring you were given... ...decides to destroy the entire town. And catches it on fire. Yep, the bombs just shoot out of this ring and destroy it. This is another one of those themes that happened a lot in 4 where stuff was happening and you thought you were in control of it until right when it started and then you just have to sit there and stare at your screen while a very, very bad situation happens and you don't get to respond until after it's over. Nope. This also plays when Leviathan attacks your ship before the party fights the three goblin captains in the super cannon and when the giant of battle appears. But the first time you hear that song, you are just like, what the fuck? What did I just do? Yep. But not everything was destroyed. A little girl is still alive. Your moment where you realize that you might have to be a positive force more so than you thought you were. So you take this girl, you pull her from the town, and you learn her name is Rydia. And this is her theme. God, can we just talk about how fucking cool Rydia was as a character? <laughs> I, I've only experienced her as, as the little girl. I haven't gotten to the point where she comes back yet, so... Yeah, she's got... I mean, she leaves and comes back very powerful, which is a pretty good JRPG trope. Uh, but the big one for me was that she's your black mage mm-hmm. and she has lightning and she has ice and she has sleep and she has all the stuff that you're used to. And you get to a certain point in the game and then she's gone. And somebody, well, somebody asks her to play to cast fire and she can't. Hmm. She doesn't have fire in her spell list, and that's something you don't really notice because you're so busy doing everything else and fighting with Cecil most of the time. You don't really pay attention to the fact that your black mage doesn't know fire. You know, I never thought about that. And it's because of this scene, or because of the previous scene, when the bomb goes off and burns her town to the ground. She's scared of fire. Hmm. Yeah, I They actually, write yeah. little stuff like that just makes the whole game so tight and amazingly fun to play. Alright, so you progress in the game a little bit and you encounter another location. 
Damshin Castle. I hope I pronounced that correctly. This is one of those weird ones that's in Katakana, but is also just straight up made up because it's fantasy. True. But this also plays in Eblon Castle. This is one of those castle themes that is also specifically for one thing, but we used it somewhere else. Because of Super Famicom limitations. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's just like, there's, I was like, there's references, there's ways to sweat. No, there's just, it's a tech thing. Matoya's theme plays as the Sage's Cavern. Because it does, right? You just, we needed music and that's where you are. Just call it what it is. It's it's just smart usage of, of, of resources. Smart use of limited resources. And then the next song is one that probably breaks a lot of people's hearts. Sorrow and loss. Or the theme of sorrow. It plays during sad scenes. And there's a lot of sad scenes in this game. A lot. Uh, when Anna or Tella die. When or... Palam, Porum, or Yangs uh, sacrifice themselves. Yep. After the destruction of the Giant of Babel, when Cain rejoins the party. Well, also... Like, some of the chord progression is to set up in that, like, depressing line that just makes the human mind think a certain way. And it's very, very good at evoking that emotion out of the player while also fitting the scene where you're saying goodbye to someone that you've just spent the last five or ten or twenty hours with. Are you cutting onions over there? Stop cutting onions. <laughs> also, fuck Kegnazo. Just throwing that in there for good yeah. measure. Now, this is a theme that a lot of people are aware of. If only my minion would play right now. Because this is Edward's harp. This is Edward's theme. Little notes that uh, this was included on the arranged album Final Fantasy IV Celtic Moon, titled Melody of Loot. It was also a vocal arrangement on uh, Final Fantasy Love Will Grow. So th there were lyrics written for this. I was going to say, I remember this song having lyrics. It's been a while, though. Yes, the bard who is, in fact, Spoonie. Great scene. You spoony board! <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why I referenced it in the, the, the pre-show uh, tweet tonight. <laughs> and you know we're going to have to talk about Spoony Bards again, even though we did it, what, four episodes ago? Spoony Bards a lot. We are a Final Fantasy podcast. And we are rather Spoony. And I do play Bard. It's true. It I've is. unlocked Bard. Finally. Are you on Bard? No, I'm on Paladin. 
Well, I'm on Bard. And I'm Spoonie. Would you, uh, would you like me to be Bard? No, you're fine. Nope, too late. Gonna do it anyway. No! Your bard's, Done. Not as, your bard's not as cool looking as my bard. My bard looks awesome. My bard looks like a weeb at a convention. It does. Japanese jacket, sunglasses, funky hair, cargo pants. Probably smells better, though. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Come on. Uh, anyway, moving on. I mean, I mean, having to deal with joke somewhere in here. I just I mean, don't know where it is. Having to deal with that is an ordeal, but not as bad it's as mount ordeals. I'll take it. Yes, terrible segue. I know. So when you when you are climbing Mount Ordeals, this is a song you hear. It also plays at Mount Hobbs. Ordeals is where we grab Yang, right? Yeah, I believe so. It's also how we get, you know, through um, the area to the next location, I believe. Yes. Like I said, it's been a while since I played the game. And I haven't completed it yet. Hard. I've, I've literally only beaten it once, and it's just... It, it's so long. Oh, interesting information from Randomware Studios. The What's SNES up? version was translated by like two Japanese guys who only knew some English. That does sound correct. And that's why we had some really archaic uh, terminology being used for translations, a.k.a. Spoonie. But I like Spoonie Bard. I do too. And like some of the weird translations is like what's iconic about it um one of the ff5 speedrunners is named the uh, the wyburns because the wyverns got translated so badly that its name is literally capital y space capital b q r n s sometimes the translation doesn't work sometimes it's just spoony you're spoony so we get through the we get through our ordeal And we enter Fabul. This just sounds epic. Isn't this the home of the monks? This is one of those, like, we can't make it too obvious, but we need to make it kinda obvious what we're going for, and so we got this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of interesting how it, it, it sounds like a kind of a very regal sound, but then you get that uh, kind of secondary melody in the background. This part. Well, this is kind of a, a, even another piece. Because there's this main bar, part right here. And then you get this right here. It's, it's almost like two different songs just smashed together. And that is a 
there's an actual word for it that I don't know because I'm not good with music, but there's an actual piece of terminology that is literally we wrote a song. We wrote an alternate song and then we decided it was okay to just fusion them together. And it's different. And it's where you get that kind of offbeat, like not sure what key it's in style song like that one. But it, it still has a very, very epic feel to it. It does. But not every situation that we end up getting into works out for us. Sometimes we just have to run. <clears throat> yep. GTFO, hold down LNR, get out, get out, get out, get out. This plays during what they call tight situations. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to. You did. I'm not upset about it. It's kind of funny. Except for every, everybody now is rolling their eyes at me listening to this on the podcast. That's fine. Deal if you want to give it. Klaus a hard time, he's at FF14 Klaus on Twitter. No, it's PHXDN underscore Klaus. I think you have a doppelganger then. And I think I follow both of you. Nani? Nani the fuck? God, I'm so happy that's on the board. (laughs) (laughs) I will never be upset with that. I used to be FF14 underscore Klaus, but I changed it. I'm working off an old script. Give me a break. (laughs) No. I refuse. Fair. Okay. So. We got our... As we're playing through this game, we have a, a buddy of ours. His name is Kane. And for the, we've known Kane for a long time, but Kane's been acting kind of weird lately. So we're, we kind of suspect something's going on. We have a suspicion. Hence the name of this track. Suspicion. Calvin Klein. Not a sponsor. Not hashtag non-spawn. <laughs> this plays during scenes with Kane. Also plays when the king discharges discharges Cecil as captain of the Red Wings. And when Cecil fights Kane one-on-one. Fight me, bruh. That's a good fight. That's a messed up fight. Why it's, you, a very, it's, it's a hard fight. Why are you fighting your brother, man? And well, not not your your technical brother, but your brother in arms. Yeah, and Kane's name is pulled off of the Genesis story. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like he is supposed you are supposed to be brothers, not blood related. So like they did a couple of really unique bits for like trying to get names together. But as with everything where Japan discovers something, they go, we like some of this. We're stealing some words and some imagery and piecing out. So his name is like the only his name and the fact that your brothers is the only real parallel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. But our suspicions get confirmed. When Golbez shows up. Golbez is huge. Like, not just his Amano arc that we get used as his enemy sprite, but, like, his actual one-grid icon character piece is massive. It fills, like, almost every pixel. 
and it's purple and black and scary. And the fact that he's your actual brother. Yeah. And while Kane is your brother in arms and feels more like your brother, this douchebag is family. And he sure acts like a douchebag, doesn't he? Brutal. He's really nasty in Dissidia as well. There's actually a chapter, um, I believe it's Firion's fight. You're in Ultimecia's castle, and Ultimecia and Golbez are both staring you down. And I'm sitting here going, uh, I didn't think this game did 1v1v1. That's interesting. Portal opens through the portal. In comes Zidane and kicks Golbez in the head. And is like, I have this one. You take her and then you move on. But in Zidane's storyline, you actually do that. And you literally writer kick Golbez in the head and have to fight Golbez. As Zidane. Golbez eats you alive if you're not careful. He hits really, really hard in every game he shows up in. He's an evil bastard. He is. All right. So th- this happens, I believe, in, in Castle Baron when we when we sneak in. Um, and then we end up meeting up with another familiar face. One Thank of the gods, somebody we like. One of the cooler Sids in the games. With the beard. <laughs> he just seems beard like a. Sid. He seems like he would be like a dwarf if this game he, had dwarves. It does, but he. This he, game does have dwarves. It does. I, 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 I know. I, I just. <laughs> I, I remembered that. Because I know. I, anyway. Take back what I just said, but he just seems like. If he weren't human, he's the, the closest thing. A human could be to a dwarf. He's just big, and he's like, ha, 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 ha. I think he He drinks too much. Oh, he definitely is your uncle that drinks too much at the uh, the tailgate. But he's also your uncle that can fix your truck using the whiskey that he has and the wrench that he found in his pocket. And a little bit of bailing twine. Maybe, if he needs it. It's Sid. Sid could do just about anything in this game. Sid is Sid's your strongest party member for like a big chunk of the game too. Well, he wields a giant fucking hammer. He does. I mean, you're gonna do some damage with a fucking hammer. Give me, come on. He's got a hammer. It's a wooden hammer, but because he's very good with his tools, he just dismantles people with it. It's <laughs> super fun. I mean, he builds airships with it. You think he's not gonna be able to bonk somebody in the head with it? Oh yeah, he'll he'll knock you out in one shot. Alright, so once you are done talking with Sid, you you go on a quest for another area. You look for Mycidia. And this is the theme of Mycidia. The, uh, the loose bits of anachronism that we get to see in a lot of Final Fantasy games where, yes, you have magic and swords and machine guns and motorcycles. This is, yes, we built airships and you met the engineer that made them, 
And now you have to find a town made exclusively of mages and mystics. Like immediately after meeting that guy. Well, the, the thing is, you know, they're having to be very careful because they're being hunted, basically. Yep. You are a target forever. Well, yeah, mages, I mean. Yeah. Which is why they hide in this little tiny village in the middle of nowhere. You'd think that they would have multiple villages, smaller ones, all over the place, so that, that way they wouldn't all get destroyed if the Empire were to attack. Or show up with a ring. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, was that out loud? Shit, <laughs> that was my out loud voice. Oops. So you get to the town and you have a meeting with the elders. And this is what you hear. And as the song goes, you have a long way to go. They don't trust you. You're a dark knight that, uh, that destroyed a, 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 a small village and, uh, the kingdom that you used to represent is just being a bunch of assholes. Why should we trust you? Also are notorious for risking and damaging your own constitution and physical health yeah. in order to for power cast for power in order to cast magic that they spend years learning. You just hurt yourself for that same power. That's not somebody that you want to hang out with on a Wednesday night. However, they do think that there is some good in you. So they're going to send you somewhere. But they're not going to send you alone. They're sending kindergartners with you. <laughs> I was wondering if we were going to bring that up. Of course! They're fucking five-year-olds! And they're obnoxious. Here. Hang out with the 29-year-old ex-military guy with a sword. You'll, you'll be fine. But they're two of the most powerful mages in the village, and they're five fucking years old. But holy shit, are they would, awesome. I'd like to also like to bring up after years. Uh, Palum is still a thing, and he's a leader. Paul and Polum, as adults, are Alice and Alphano. Basically, they're both leaders. I'm but assuming something people. must have happened to to change what happens in the game. Oh yeah, no spoilers, but no spoilers, but uh, some stuff happens. Obvious. Four's dark, by the way. Just throwing that in there for anybody that doesn't like Four dark is themes. Really fucking dark. All right, so you have these. You're in charge of these two kindergartners who cast huge bits of magic, and now you have to fight these overpowered bosses. This is the battle with the four fiends. This plays each time you fight one of the four fiends. Yep. And we talked about them. That's uh, Cagnazzo and Barbarisha and uh, Scarmillion and uh, Rubicant. Yep. Hey, I got them all. You got them all. Woo! 
they're not like the original four fiends from uh, from one. They have slightly different. Uh, I mean, they're multi. Uh, whereas in one they were in just one element. These are multi-elemented um, bosses. At least in some cases, Rubicant changes his uh, his immunities, doesn't he? Yes, and like Scarmalone is undead, but also Earth. Cagnazzo casts primarily water, but like Barbaricia is like light and wind. Yeah, so they kind of change everybody up a little bit. A little, little bit of a change. I mean, it's not Earth, Water, Air, Fire fully. It's uh, there's some differences, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and these archfiends are also named out of um, classic literature as well. Yeah. Dante and stuff like that. Yep, uh, Dante's Divine Comedy. Uh, they show up, and like, if you look at the full translation of all of their names, like it's it's a little tough to like figure out exactly where they all came from. Um, like Barbaricia is like not actually her name. It's like it's not B's, it's L's or something. And like Rubicante has like a couple of different letters changed, but it's also translated from Italian uh, into English, into Japanese and back again. Uh, so like everybody's names are a little bit different, but that's one where you just have to look at like what we knew then, what we had access to. And like was mentioned earlier, we didn't exactly have the greatest translation team for the original version of this game. So we did what we could. Fair enough. All right. So... Eventually, as every Final Fantasy we've been in has, we have airships. Well, we, we, we're partying now with one of the, with the engineer. I think at this point, we, we, when he gives us the airship, he's in the party, isn't he? Yes. Well, he's, he lets you use it because he's with you, and then he eventually gives it to you. This is the main airship theme. And it definitely has that airy feeling. Mm-hmm. So many good songs in this. Hey, we're over half done. Beat. <laughs> I'm just looking at the time. Making sure we don't Fair go enough. two and a half hours again. <laughs> Make sure we don't go completely crazy. Well, we were already there, but... Fair. So once we fly our airship, we, 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 we take it to another, another town. Troya. This is such a pretty theme. This is a gorgeous song. It's one of the songs that... When I'm introducing people to Final Fantasy music, this is one that I touch base on. Because it's like, hey, you're probably not going to play 4, and you're probably not going to play 4 enough to get here. So here's just this specific song is very worth listening to. Hearing this played live by, by an orchestra is just... Hey, remember concerts? Man, those were cool. (laughs) That's why I bought CDs. Yeah, I've got all the albums downloaded. 
I still need to get uh, three and five for Distant Worlds. Did you end up buying their download versions? Uh, I bought the first four. I haven't bought five yet. It's That's on right. my to-do list. Yeah, we talked about that last episode. Yeah. I've, you had two weeks. Yeah, but... <laughs> I had to develop contacts out of whole cloth from a country I've never been to. I was a little busy. That takes what? 20 minutes? I mean, it took like four hours, but yeah. What'd you do for the rest of the two weeks? Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Four does something amazing. Four not only gives us the Chocobo theme, It gives us another Chocobo theme. Samba! The Black Chocobo. The Flying Chocobo. So, while this song is ridiculous and I love it, um, my, my car that I imported last year um, I actually bought specifically because of a great chapter in Initial D. Uh, the car actually makes a really interesting jump. So, the car flies, is the big joke. Well, when I got my license plate, my license plate was B-O-K-O-3. So, my license plate says Boko-san. And Boko <laughs> is the name of Bart's Chocobo. Oh. And black Chocobos can fly, and my MR2 was black. So I was like, well, apparently my car is a chocobo. Bannon, not knowing any of this, hands me an envelope for something that he had ordered about two weeks beforehand, and it's a license plate frame that says, my other car is a chocobo. <laughs> so my MR2 was named Boko-san, largely because of Samba de Chocobo. That's And because amazing. black chocobos can fly. That's just <laughs> fucking amazing. Too many pieces lined up. I was like, well, my car's a chocobo now. Love it. Can't beat that. Moving it was on. good. <laughs> so, we were talking about the giant of Babil, but he's resides somewhere. It's in a tower. The tower of Babel. I think he's somewhere in here, isn't he? Eventually, I grew up playing Yeast games as well, and so whenever I see a tower, I instantly am like, okay, I'm buying every consumable item I can, I'm saving the game, I'm having a meal, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm ready to go in because I'm probably not getting out of this tower for hours. And this one was no exception. You might not survive. Oh yeah. It won't be a one-time trip. It's going to probably be a multi-step multi, multi -step trip. I can't say that I actually remember this theme. To be 100% honest. This theme is... It's this tower was not as long as some other dungeons, but it was definitely long enough that it was... You were busy. And you actually, when you're in this tower, you hear the battle theme a lot. Fair enough. Now, our next theme plays in some 
scene changes and cutscenes. It's called Somewhere in the World. AKA, Meanwhile. Yeah, meanwhile, back at the ranch, B plot, side story, world building, Joe Friday interrogation room. Like, <laughs> this is the part where the info dump happens. Meanwhile, back in the uh, Empire, like we get all the cutscenes here in yep. 14. That type of music. I love when they do that and then, like, surprise, you're in control. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, expansion's <laughs> over. Wait, what? <laughs> Why am I playing somebody I'm not? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, oh. Sure, I'll solo a boss. That sounds great. Yeah. Now, this song is what plays with the, thing, the things that I, was, I stupidly said didn't, weren't in this game because I'm an idiot. <laughs> this is called The Land of Dwarves. In fairness, you're not here very long. Like, like it's okay to forget about this one. But it's an arrangement of the main theme of 14. Or four, four sorry. Okay. See, too many games. The main theme of the uh, arrangement of the main theme of four, you can kind of hear it. It's played when you're underground. Yep. Uh, world two, as it's known in speedrun, is. Because this is your second world map. Because you have your first world map that you spend most of the game on. This is world map two. And it's the size of a world map. It is absolutely enormous. I don't think I've gotten here yet. Uh, it's when you have to go get the other four crystals. Yeah, I haven't got... I, th I, I might be at this point or starting this point, but I don't think I've gotten here yet. So I don't believe I've met, I haven't met this person yet either. The name will be recognizable to those who have played through the healer storyline in Shadowbringers. This is yep. Jot's theme. King of the Dwarves. And it's... Yeah. It plays... Yes, uh, Jot's like assistant. You, he needs help fighting a Sin Eater or whatever. Yep. Yeah, I remember this part. Jot was also dr a drunken dwarf and just so much fun. One of the best uh, uh, cutscene or stories for the level eight, you know, for the jobs. Mm -hmm. I can talk. It's I, okay. I, I get can. you. I'm actually looking. I'm leveling up. Um, I'm doing what you suggested and leveling up uh, scholar and summoner simultaneously so I can do both stories. Mm -hmm. Makes it. It, it, it makes uh, it twice as expensive to gear up, but it uh, saves you a lot of time. If I get stuck on one, I just go meh, and I just hard level the other one for a little bit, and then I have good enough gear. All right, and many of you all watching us live here <laughs> or within... <laughs> The YouTube video, if you if you choose to watch us on YouTube, will notice that Talis has been switching back and forth between certain minions. Yep. They have the names of Kalka and Brina. They're dolls. 
They're creepy little fucking dolls. They are incredibly creepy dolls. And then when you beat them up, they turn into a giant creepy doll. Yep. I mean, think Cupid doll, but like it level factors of creepy. It's because they're they're two little dolls. Well, it's like six, six or whatever, but there's two dolls and they're Kalka and Brina and they dance and they play and they attack you and they're awful. And then when you've beaten them all up, they go, oh, we want to keep playing. And then they all join together into a super doll and they crush the everlasting crap out of you and all of your spells are useless and they don't care about defense and they're just awful. <laughs> Uh, by the way, we have a dungeon in 14 called the Anti-Tower that actually contains this uh, a different version of this boss. Um, that that dungeon's name and this boss came from 4. Mm -hmm. we, we thought about going there, but we'd only be there for 90 minutes, so we would have been kicked out by now. Yeah. We've got to figure out how to do that someday. <laughs> um, and then... Uh... There's also if you if you've been through uh, Eureka, one of the uh, um, boss the the fate bosses in um, Pyros is uh, another doll like Calcabrina. So yeah, they they try and utilize the creepiness as much as they can. So once you uh, beat up uh, Calcabrina. You are, uh, you find this giant, another tower. The Tower of Zot. <laughs> this also plays before the battle against an Archfiend. So, like, just before you get into the battle itself. Again, this is one of those we wanted to evoke emotions from player style songs. It's not as creepy as the Calcabrina dancing song. No, not even a little bit. That one's very creepy. This one feels like you're about you're getting exposition from a Bond villain. Yes, actually. Very much so. I mean, basically, no, that's what's I happening. Gonna die. We put lasers in space. And now you're going to die. But Mr. no. Mr. Bond, does your watch still control bombs? <laughs> <laughs> and then you beat him up. Or throw a satellite into his face. I don't know, do they have satellites in this game? In or four? I mean, they have the moon, so... Besides the moon? Technically correct. Dot wave? <laughs> I don't know. No. You don't... You didn't... You don't get it for that. <laughs> Alright, so you get through the Tower of Zot, and you find this very interesting place. It's called the Fey March. It's the Land of Summons. And I think you find somebody here, don't you? You do. This is where you get her back. And you learn... Well, you as you've been fighting through the world, you've been learning as to what 
that town was that you blew up. It was the town of summoners. Yep. And Rydia was a summoner. And, and now in a summoner. And now is a full-blown summoner. When when she f- fell off the boat, I think is what happened. Close enough. Wasn't it? Wasn't it a boat that, that you guys got? It was. It was, uh, it was I think it was an airship. Actually, it was in a fight. But yeah, she she leads your party. She disappears. Not by and you can, and you and you don't know where you you assume she's dead, but apparently she yeah, was pulled. You, up. you actually have assumed that she's dead until literally right now. And then you go in and you go, oh, it's, and you start seeing all of the summons. And you're like, uh, this is kind of creepy. I'm glad that we're in their world and not ours, because they're usually pissed when they're in ours. And then she's like, well, if you're friends with them, it's fine. And I'm friends with them now. After all, I've been here for 10 years or something ridiculous. And it's only been like a few months in the real world. It's been like two or three months. Yeah. So she's so, been like 10 years for her. So she's now an adult. Yeah. So she goes from a five, six year old somewhere in there to like 16, 17. Yeah. She goes from being in elementary school to being a late teenager. And she's now friends with all of the summons, which means that she has all of the powers and abilities that come with using magic to that extent for that long. She's also a badass. Friend. Thank God. She remembers that you did good things. You know, she doesn't, she, she kind of forgives you, I guess, for blowing up her house. Well, I mean, it's when you're her when, mom too. Yeah, and killing her mom. But I mean, when you explain what happened before she die or before she disappears, I mean, she understands. Yeah. So, still, hey guys, war's dark. By the way, we were not kidding. Yeah, I mean, you're you're killing, you know, little kids' moms. And uh, did we did we tell you that uh, the, those uh, kindergartners that you that you drug around before end up sacrificing themselves and turning into stone to save your life? Did we mention that in the cold opening, the first thing you did was invade a city, kill all the guards, and shatter a crystal, and then peace out? I mean, you didn't feel good about it, but uh, everybody else is like... Yeah, not... Not a great... Not great for the whole positive thought process. No. All right, so we talked earlier about, you know, that when you fly in a, on an airship, you get that one theme. Well, every airship but this one. This is a special airship. This is the Lunar Whale. Guess where it can go? The... I mean, moon. <laughs> We're whalers on the moon. We can't ya. Never mind. <laughs> Wrong song. But it's whales and moon. But this is an epic sounding song for a, an airship that sounds like it was named by a, a, a drunk person. I mean, it's not Bodie McBoatface, but yeah. I would rather have Bodie McBoatface. Because why the fuck are we going to the moon? To fight my brother! But it's not just a moon. It's... 
Another moon. The red moon. That's what the notes say, okay? Give me a break. No, it's, the, song it's, is, uh, the song is called Another Moon. Which is why uh, you've heard it referenced a couple times tonight. There was an album version, a uh, piano version of a lot of these songs called Celtic Moon. Um, moon, lights, um, transition, self-reflection, a lot of that kind of stuff is a lot of the theming of four. Um, a lot of the content for some of the old art from the early 90s all referenced that as well. It does sound out of this world, though, huh? High pitch, like it. This part, yeah. That's where it's it's a note and a sound style that we don't usually use for anything else. So it gives it that unique biting tone of this is what this is supposed to sound like in space on a whale. <laughs> a space whale i guess <laughs> yes i guess and theory of bell welcome i'm glad you were able to make it to the show theory of bell is uh the uh streamer that i was talking with you guys about uh previously found them on this uh um twitch uh streamer site that i'm a, a member of on um on facebook and uh they are a, another final fantasy 14 streamer so, Sweet. Are they on Hyperion? Uh, no. They're oh, over okay. on the Aether data center. Ah, have fun over there. <laughs> but she's uh, still f going through uh, Heavensward. Oh, exciting. Yeah, Heavensward's... Uh, I highly recommend taking your time because I did not and I missed out on a lot of really good stuff. So if you want to see somebody experience Heavensward for the, f uh, for the first time, give her a follow. Perfect. Uh, Pyrocat Star Wars quote here. Star Wars was Final Fantasy 2, actually. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Saying she, she just finished The Vault, so... Oh, oh shit! Okay, yeah. have fun! No spoilers, but have fun! <laughs> so welcome. Gear up! That's the, other, that's the other thing you need to do. I don't care what your gear looks like right now. It needs to be upgraded. I'm glad you're able to join us. Uh, continuing on, so we just talked about the, uh, the, the lunar theme... It's not just uh, a moon. I mean, there's there's people who live there. The Lunarians. Now, if this isn't an epic sounding piece of music, I don't know what is. I mean, Super Famicom video game music was not, especially video game music, even in 93, 94 when this came out. Yeah, 26 years not, ago. Yeah, was not considered this art form that it is now. It's, there aren't, con there aren't multiple concerts that we can have whole episode discussions about. Instead, it was, oh yeah, it's the beeps and the boops and the sound effects and stuff. And it's like, no, this is off of solid state 16-bit readable memory. And they're able to do this. 
but we have this ebb and flow and silent parts that don't confuse the listener. But we're also still playing a game. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> right? It's so cool. It's insane. All right, so we were referencing this giant before. Now we found it. We are, and then we go in. And the giant of Babel is one hell of a dungeon. Yes, this is, within the giant is uh, actually, I believe, this was the last song that I played on Dissidia Arcade in Akihabara this year. This plays w when walking around inside the giant of Babel and the f final floors of the lunar subterrane. And as you said, it is a bonus song in Dissidia 012 and Theater Rhythm. I mean, it's that rhythm. Theater rhythm is what I meant because they're shutting down Theater Rhythm Arcade. Ah, uh, um, but yeah, I was within the giant is one of the dungeon themes that reminds you. By the way, this dungeon is going to take a while. Be sure to bring a snack in real life because it's going to be a while. I mean, this is definitely an amazing sound for the final dungeon. When you know you have to go hard, you go as hard as you can. And you want your music to match it. Yep. I think they did a pretty good job of making their music match how hard they wanted to go. Hey, Tal, is Nick Nar thinks you're a snack. Ooh. DM oh, me. my. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But, as you're fighting through this giant, of course, you have to get to the end. And you have to have an epic battle theme when you're fighting against Zeramus. Uh, yeah. Every FFTCG card of Zeramus is always just like, fuck the game up, and your turn's over <laughs> now. <laughs> like, every single one is just Restart like, the game. It's great. Discard all the cards in your hand and restart. Yeah, if I, if I recall correctly, I, I, people said this was a hell of, a, of an end boss to fight. Yes. I mean, there's multiple versions of this boss you're fighting as well. I mean, it's not like Chaos, where you're, you're fighting Chaos, and I mean, who was a, a nasty fight, but it's just Chaos. Or, let's see, who's the... I never actually beat two or three, so I don't know, remember who the end bosses were there. Uh, Emperor, Emperor and Black Darkness. And, and there's... it's While there are multiple forms of the Emperor, you fight them at different stages of the game. This fight evolves a bit, does it not? It does. It it changes, and eventually Zeramus is just one of... like He sacrifices who he is as a person in order to become 
like a full-fledged, formidable, effectively god. Zeromus um, E.G. Yeah. Though the uh, so Zeromus actually shows up in FF12 uh, as a summon. Like he got to the point where he's a summon. He is a god. He's all he's massive. Twelve notably is in Evilise Alliance, so it has a very different system for summons than the rest of the series. Um, yeah, choose up to a forward from your break zone of cost equal to or less than the damage you have been dealt. Return it to your hand. Your opponent selects a forward equal to the damage you've dealt and breaks it. I get something way too powerful and you kill anything on your board. I get to pick both cards. And it casts for free. Zeromus is a beast every time it shows up. Ugh, I don't want to fight it though. Not right now. Well, don't. Well, let's just say we already beat it then. Okay, good. So we beat it. And then we get the epilogue. The credits. And and now we get... 11 minutes of respite. Basically. 11 minutes and 37 seconds. And this is not one of those like... And here's the music that plays for two minutes while you get a handful of text screens congratulating you. And then you watch credit roll. There's like a solid 10 more minutes of gameplay of you talking to Sid again of you talking to Rosa again outside of your party of you talking to Rydia honestly and truly as no longer a warrior like it's as you talk to Kane Edge like you have to really bring yourself out of your armor literally and figuratively to end this story well damn And this is playing through that entire series, huh? Yup. It's not just, you beat the game, congratulations, credits. No. Well, I suppose, I mean, there's a lot of shit. I mean, you got to figure out, you know, what happens after you get on the moon and, and beat stuff up. What, what does that mean for everything else, right? That's one of the things that, like, especially older RPGs had was, you beat the evil. Congratulations. You won the game. Title screen. The fuck? I just spent... It's four in the morning. I have spent the last three weeks playing <laughs> this game. What do you mean? Thanks. At least also, give us this something. song cuts into some of the older tracks and brings those pieces into to kind of remind you of hearing... You hear the story again. And they, they kind of did that a little bit with the end theme of uh, two and three. Yes. But this is almost, it, they just remix it in there. It, so it's a lot more recognizable as the theme for that area. Like this is the airship theme. Yep. So yeah, you get you get to experience the full ending. You're, 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 you get your little, basically your cinema break. Bring your popcorn, you know. Sit back and, and maybe play a little bit, but read a lot. <laughs> read a lot, walk around a couple of times, talk to everybody. This was also one of the, uh, not the earliest, but one of the early pieces of every NPC has a text box. There's no triggers, there's no flags. There's just transition spaces where you can like walk through doors and things. Talk to every NPC to get that one last word in from everybody that's available. 
and Square Enix now later uses that for things like uh, last summer we had the message in a bottle uh, side event where we got to hear from all the developers. Uh, mm -hmm. We also heard it in Chrono Trigger. You could go back to the end of time and you could talk to people standing in the end of time and it was all the development cast. So they've done that in later games to like let people say goodbye to the player. And 4 was that as well. But they also got to do it with you saying goodbye to the cast that you've just spent 35 hours with and the cast also saying goodbye to you as Cecil. Very cool. Just game is just so damn good. <laughs> now, when they remade the game for DS, they included eight additional tracks. Like we were saying, those meant went to a lot of the different cutscenes with some of the different bosses. So if you've played the DS version and there's like, hey, I'm missing this song, that's why. Yeah. It doesn't actually exist on the original Super Famicom or, you know, Final Fantasy 2 for SNES. So. And if you have a copy of Final Fantasy uh, 2 for SNES and you want to hang on to it, uh, make sure that you treat it very good because that sticker will eventually sun fade. If you have a copy of it on Super Famicom uh, and you would like to take yourself and a date out to dinner once restaurants are open again instead of owning it you can find me on twitter at sal's marvelous and i would be happy to take it off your hands for an exorbitant amount of money i bought a copy of it for like 30 dollars sold it for a hundred i bought a copy of it in japan a couple years ago for 800 yen no box no instructions torn sticker 80 bucks for for no for 80 for like 80 yen like i think you, see, you like said 800, 800 yen. you said 800 yen 800 yen is eight bucks oh, yeah. eight dollars sorry eight yeah eight bucks and i brought it back and i literally uh, i took it to a sell to a reseller um who goes to shows and stuff i said how much could you flip this for he's like that's easily a hundred dollars and i'm like will you buy it off me for 70 and he goes yeah absolutely Damn. I made 62 bucks for throwing it in a bag. Like, it's a very highly sought after game. It's a very, very good well, game. It's not exactly easy to just fly over to Japan. No. And like, you know, if I mapped it out, I probably still lost money. But like, it was fine. I mean, if that's um, all you were doing, I mean, you would have had to search no. high and low to find enough copies of the game to Stuff actually like make that, it worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of reasons why Japanese copies are sought after for some RPGs. A lot of it's speed running, a lot of it's collectability, um, a lot of it's just nostalgia. Um, some of it's just humble brag. Um, there's a lot of reasons to grab it, but like there's some Japanese games that just are not popular over here. Like I can't sell a Japanese copy of Chrono Trigger to save my life. Nobody cares. People want the English version, so fair enough. Yeah. If you have a copy of Final Fantasy IV, though, it's, uh, and you haven't finished it or haven't played it in a while, if you can just play through until Cagnazzo, just to kind of put yourself back in the world of four and see if you like that style of storytelling, definitely worth your time. It's a lot of fun. Oh, it was a good game. I enjoyed it. Just trying to remember why I stopped playing it for a while. I think it got busy on Thursdays or something. It's also hard. I was I was getting bored of grinding. I think four 
four has a problem. You either grind until your eyes bleed, or you look up all of the back-end number-crunchy bullshit for how the system works, and you do the fights in a very hyper-specific way. Most people who are playing a game for a story, aka 4, probably not going to be super grind-heavy and definitely aren't going to be playing the game with a notebook sitting next to them. So that was one of the problems that 4 has. It is not immune from that problems. The last option doesn't always work for, like, the versions that you would play on PC. Right. Like, Uh, it doesn't work on the DS version version anymore. The PC slash Steam version, I want to say, is the DS version as well. It is. Okay. There's a couple of cutscenes that they added, little CG cutscenes. I will say they are, some of them are very good, and most of them are just kind of in the way. But another cool thing about this soundtrack is there was actually liner notes. Uematsu wrote down some liner notes in this, and, and they translated it on the uh, the, uh, the 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 fandom site that I pulled this from. So I figured I would read those to you guys because it's kind of interesting. As to where Uematsu was at in his life when he was creating the Final Fantasy IV soundtrack. As Uematsu now. I have never before had a job go as smoothly as this one. Of course, I imagine that my workplace in Hawaii had much to do with that. Where I could relax and concentrate on my job. The weather was great and my office building overlooked Waikiki Beach. On the weekends... I went to concerts at Aloha Stadium. I just saw MC Hammer last week, in fact. (laughs) But anyway, for me, the most delightful part of my stay was that, unlike Tokyo, there were hardly any cars or people. Waikiki's main street, Kalakaua Avenue, had no congestion at all. In such a blessed environment, one idea for a composition came to me after another. I was never at a loss for inspiration. When my job tired me out, I would take a stroll on the beach with a beer in hand. Watching the blazing red sun set at twilight, feeling the cool, refreshing breeze against my cheek. Sob, sob, sob. Splash, splash. I'm sorry, that's not true. My job wasn't anything like that. (laughs) He wasn't crying, he wasn't making any tears. I just escaped into my dream world for a little while just by telling you all Final Fantasy fans about it. And that made it seem so real to me. So, well, anyhow, it's been about six years since I got this game music job, hasn't it? And I've had many things happen to me in that time. Many hardships. I've had compositions that I fought long and hard to create end up scrapped. Been stuck for ideas just before deadline. (laughs) Sound like a... uh, I was going to say Prelude? (laughs) A Prelude thing? Yeah. Um, Had game magazines disparage my music and had my bike break down. And then there was the time I went to the vending machine to buy a cola and ended up pressing the button for oolong tea by mistake. Ah, but that doesn't matter. Anyhow, it's been horrible up to now, my friends. (laughs) So terrible. And this job was even tougher. 
since I was working with new hardware in the Super Famicom, the music was from start to finish a series of trials and errors, and the staff practically lived at the company, staying over in sleeping bags and doing nothing but working. I myself haven't, haven't had a full day off since February of last year. Do you believe it? We worked every day through, re the regular, through regular days off, summer vacation, all of them, everyone. This was hardly our job. This was more like what Japanese salarymen do. And my staff on this project was constantly whining, I'm too busy. I already did my best on the music. That guy's watching what I'm doing. Now they shouldn't say things like that. They should just enjoy themselves. Yeah, those people are soft. When the pressure mounts, they buckle. You have to take care of yourself. By the way, boss, did you think my idea about working in Hawaii was good? Well, you, go, you going to Hawaii could mean the difference between you writing good compositions and bad ones. Huh? What do you mean? The waves are violent in Hawaii. And we lived happily ever after. April 13th, 1991. 1.30 a.m. In the office, naturally. Nobuo Uematsu. As someone that's met Uematsu, not in person, but like seen him like at events and the way he interacts with people, this definitely tracks for the exact personality that he has. <laughs> he, yeah, he's been, he works his butt off and he knows that it's really hard, but he also sees the results and he's very happy with those results. So this, this sounds about right. So that friends was final fantasy four. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Again, the, the first of the three Super Famicom games. The second game that we got in the US. And a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. I love, love this game to pieces. And thank you so much for that uh, resub, Nick Nar. We greatly appreciate that. You know, just for that, I'm going to give you one of these. <laughs> you didn't have to pay any uh, tombstones for that one. All right, so I think tell tell us you had given us a nice prep station for this week. I appreciate that, but I think in the interest of time, we're gonna go ahead and save that one. Oh yeah, no, this one uh, this one keeps well. Yep. Well, it, 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 especially if we keep it in the fridge, you know covered tightly in an airtight uh, container. You'll get, easily get, you know, a few days extra off of it, so. We're just going to call it meal prep at this point, because okay. I'm just making it, and then when we need it, we've got it. True. <laughs> Alright, guys. We got an email. We can, did what? Can you believe that? It's been how long since we've gotten an email? I don't think I... Okay, I have been a co-host on this podcast for over a year a year and a half and I think, actually yeah i think like like week two you were like oh yeah i'm gonna get you the login so that you can check the email i still don't have them and it's fine well i <laughs> like that's how long it's been since we've gotten an email but generally i try to forward them to people but this one i just figured screw it i'm just gonna put it in the notes you can read it there it sounds good do you want me to read it since you just read like seven paragraphs of stuff sure okay 
so this comes to us uh uh dear phoenix down radio i've been considering for a while to write you guys an email i'm a europe-based final fantasy 14 player and i restarted playing the game last winter i started listening to your podcast about a year ago when i really felt like playing 14 again but i didn't have time to play because i was finishing up my thesis congrats on that by the way uh and i'm still listening to you guys because i find it entertaining i guess i'm a nerd I have to admit, I don't understand a lot of the stuff you guys talk about because I'm still in the Heavensward storyline. I didn't play seriously for several years before last winter, but I really like the fact that you are currently discussing FF music because I love the FF music and it's one of the best things in the games. I'm looking forward to many more of your fun shows. Best wishes, David, a.k.a. Koopo Mithril on Excalibur. Thank you so much for sending us that email, uh, Koopo. Really do appreciate it. Um, I sent them a message back saying thank you and uh, saying how much I enjoyed the music and all that good stuff too. So, absolutely. Hope you can join us live sometimes. I know you're in Europe, which makes it a little more difficult. Chili can attest to that. <laughs> God, yeah. Every time Chili's on the show, I always have this thing in the back of my head like it's four in the morning. Have you slept yet, or are you just staying up until seven a.m.? Yeah. Uh, yes <laughs> he does both i don't know how that man is alive but no I, I really liked getting an email that we could read to you guys if you want to email us you can do so podcast at phoenixstarmradio.com you can also hit us up on twitter at phxdn radio all that good stuff so we are available it'll be really uh cool to hear from you we'd love to hear what you guys have to say and with that we love we love interacting with you guys. So if you want to send us stuff or, you know, join us in chat or send us emails or tweet at us, absolutely do that because we do respond to them. You can also find us on our Discord. If you're not part of our Discord, you definitely should be. We talk about all kinds of good stuff. You did the same thing. <laughs> I did. You got you beat me by like a split second. Curse you. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yep. <laughs> Well, then I think that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode, guys. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like, subscribe, or follow us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your preferred podcatcher is. And if possible, leave us a rating and review. It helps other people to find our show and lets us know what you guys think. I mean, we really do want to hear about what your, what your thoughts are. So, you know, those are definitely ways that help us know how we're doing as well as help other people find us. And if you really dig the show, you could consider subscribing here at twitch.tv slash phoenixdownradio. Um, or you can become a patron like our uh, amazing benevolent overlord, Aurori Fenrir. Uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash phoenixdownradio. If you have a, as low as a dollar a month, you can uh, help to support uh, everything that we do here. Um, all proceeds we get go towards growing the show, covering things like hosting costs, which I actually just updated uh, last week, I believe. So we're good for another three years on hosting. Yay. Hey, that's good. Uh, and allows us to do some fun things like some giveaways. Like we are very, very close to a thousand followers here at Twitch. Um, when we hit that mark, we probably can do a really cool, fun giveaway. I mean, we're also not very far off of our five year anniversary. So look forward Wait, to seriously, seriously, September is going to be our five year anniversary. Oh God. All right. Right. I remember year one. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. Two, 
Yeah, 2015. September 5th. Started like I started listening like right as you guys were getting started. So like I remember year one. That's crazy. Yeah. Any kind of support, whether it's likes, retweets, emails, follows, whatever, it's all greatly appreciated. As Talis said earlier, we love interacting with you guys. And just to reiterate, if you want to catch all of our back episodes, you can go to our website, phoenixstarradio.com. Shoot us those emails, podcast at phoenixstarradio.com. Or you can check out uh, the VODs of all of our, our episodes at youtube.com slash phoenixdownradio. Do you have any shout outs, Mr. Talas? Uh, I do. Shout outs to Pyrocats1 for joining us on the stream tonight and trolling me in the chat and allowing me to pick on her a little bit. Uh, shout outs to Theory of Bell for joining us. Uh, welcome to 14. Welcome to Heaven's Word. Have fun. It's good stuff out there. Um, shout outs to Bandit Maelstrom, who loves to craft random things for random people and has been watching me level up jobs I haven't touched in four years and has been <laughs> making me gear randomly. I had like the warrior dot cross classed onto Lancer in my bar. Oh, I'm probably I probably have something similar on some of my jobs too, so don't feel bad. It was it was pretty bad. I've got some pretty old stuff, but thank you guys for everything. Uh, if I mentioned it a couple times earlier in the show, but if you wanted to message me about uh, food-related prep for food in Eorzea or anything car-related, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Marvelous. It's T-A-L-I-Z Marvelous. Uh, you will see a lot of pictures of driving and traveling. Don't worry. I still have a permanent address sometimes. All right. I want to throw a shout-out to Sarah. I hope you are doing well. Um, if you want to uh, wish him well, you can uh, tweet at him at F-F-X-I-V-S-E-Y-R-R. I encourage you all to do that. Send him your best thoughts. Um, also, some spicy memes might be nice. <laughs> um, he actually would be down for that. I'm sure he would laugh at that. Um, shout out again to Theory of Bell. It was, uh, I hung out in, in her stream the other night, and uh, when I mentioned that we do a podcast, she's like, what? And I'm just happy that she ended up stopping by for a while, so I greatly appreciate that. Uh, shout out to everybody joining us here live at twitch.tv slash phoenixdownradio, and everybody listening out on the podcast. I uh, really do appreciate your guys' support. Um, you know, as we get closer to our five-year anniversary of doing this shit show, um, <coughs> I'm so happy that you guys have been following us through that time and uh, look forward to continuing to do it for a very long time. If you want to uh, follow me out on Twitter, I am at PHXDN underscore K-L-A-U-S-S. Um, I've been getting a little bit more, I don't know if you want to call it political or whatever, with everything going on, I'm, I just want the world to get to a better place. It's not political. It's human. Yeah. Sorry, I'm gonna. I will throw that glove down. You're, you're right. Go you're, there. you're right. I mean, some people might like like classify it as p political, but you know those people are just. I don't know. It's it. It is what it is. But I might. I might say some things you might not quite agree with. But I'm also. You know, I'm not gonna lie about where I'm. Where what I believe, and what's going on in this world, and that we need to come together, and we need to help one another. We need to get through this together. It reminds me of this meme that I saw. 
somebody had asked, you know, this is starting to feel more and more like Groundhog Day. How does he break out of that? And, he's, and somebody replies, well, he starts thinking about other people instead of himself. And he breaks out. And that's exactly what we need to do to get out of this as well. We need to think about other people, not ourselves. So just remember Wear that. your fucking mask. <laughs> that's what I'm throwing in. I was getting there without saying that, but yes. <laughs> if you need a mask, let me know. I can make things happen. Just be awesome to everybody, alright? So Be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself, Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> For my co-host, Sarah Timono, who couldn't be here tonight. For my friend, Tal is Marvelous. I am Klaus Nightbringer, wishing everybody a wonderful evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Take care. Phoenix Down Radio is a production of PhoenixDownRadio.com and Illusion Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. In-game content for Phoenix Down Radio is a copyright of Square Enix. Open to music for Phoenix Down Radio is provided by Guilty Gear Rocky. Check out the Metal Chocobo theme cover and many other music videos at youtube.com slash guiltyrocky. Closing music for this episode is provided by GuitarLanker90. Please check out the full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at youtube.com slash guitarlanker90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Down Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.